Well, you are very welcome back to this second session. Shall we just lift up our voice together and thank God for the hour? Lord, we bless and glorify your holy name for what you have done. We exalt you and magnify thee. Let's give God the praise. Let's give God the praise. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We this is the hour of prayer. Lift up your voice to the God of heaven and thank him. At this very hour, the grave of Jesus Christ, Jesus was at the was hung on the tree, the Bible says, and for the next three hours there was darkness over the whole earth. And this hour is called the sixth hour of prayer. Why don't you give God the praise? For what God had done and thank Him for His mercy. For the Word of God is sure, His precepts are true and trustworthy. We bless you, Lord God Almighty. Thank God for yourself. Thank God for yourself. Thank God for yourself. Lord, we exalt you. We magnify your holy name. Thank God for this session is going to be most exciting. Father, we exalt you. We magnify your holy name. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' holy name, we are praying with us. I'm sure that you were all blessed in the last uh, session. And I'm sure that you have been writing out things that um, you need to act upon. This is a shorter session than the first session because we are finishing this session at one. Um, I hope everybody is hearing me. Wave your hands if you are hearing me. Good, 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 good. Uh, Reverend Mick, can you undo your unmute? Yeah, good. Now, I would just invite Reverend Mick to lead us in a prayer before I go in. Because the last time, you know, her, 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 her computer was playing up. You know that at the beginning of this meeting, my computer was playing up, but I've been able to silent one making noise <laughs> i silent it i haven't eradicated it because i don't want to lose this meeting so i silent it until when we finish now we're going to go and deal with it very audio now let's just welcome amen amen thank you so much sir <clears throat> it's been a glorious morning and uh, i have one prayer point um, thinking about all God has been saying to us, my heart is full, my book is full, uh, my recording is full, and I'm sure the same applies to each and every one of us. And when we are on conference like this, it's very exciting, particularly at a, a, a retreat where God is just such revelation knowledge has been poured out to us. It's 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 great, it's exciting. But what happens when we leave this place tonight? is what matters. And I want us to pray. <clears throat> In the very um, book of Acts chapter 1, which dad has been referring to 
all morning. We 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 hear the writer say in my former book, Acts chapter one, verse one, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit uh, to the apostles he had chosen. Now, the the importance of this opening verse is record. Record. Because of this record, we have learned a lot of things. And one of the things that we find in the Bible is that record is so important. From the beginning, when they had no printing press, record was so important that God um, told Moses, tell them to teach their children and the children to teach their children. And even though it was the oral tradition, oral tradition meaning somebody passing the story on to the other, it wasn't written. Yet, look at how these messages have come to us. Therefore, I want us to pray. Father God, what we have taken. Thankfully, I see some of us, our church members, our leaders are here, but most of them are probably not able to join us. So that we, like the writer <clears throat> of this, of this, of this Acts of the Apostle, have to take this record back to our people, to teach it to those who have not been able to join us. I want us to pray, Father God, help me, Lord, to be able to implement, obviously, maybe not everything that, as they said, applies to every single person, but there's loads that apply to me, and I am making uh, uh, my own record so that I can go and teach it. And uh, Paul said to Timothy, that what I taught you, what I have, you've had me teach, teach to others. Let us pray, Father God, help me to be able to faithfully disseminate this revelation that I have received today. And as I teach it to my people, God grant them revelation because in my sharing with my colleagues here since um, Monday or, or yesterday in particular, is that everybody just said, oh my God, oh my God, look at what is going on. So each one of us receiving revelation knowledge, mighty God, as we share with our members going from this weekend, oh God, the same revelation knowledge, give it to our members, help us to be faithful stewards of this, so that we steward it to our people, but then Lord, open their heart and their ears that they receive, and the same unction you're releasing upon us, release upon them that together we will run with this message, shall we pray in the name of Jesus, please let us pray, mighty God, we thank you for the awesome revelation that you have been Pouring out to us, oh God. From the beginning, we pray that you give us revelation knowledge. Little did we know that you will love us this much to pour it out that it's been cascading like a, a mighty downpour upon our lives and upon our hearts. And we, 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 we truly, oh God, feel a, a electrified, oh God, by the power that is in your word and the revelation in your word. And God, I just pray that this will not be a, you know, just a, a, a a short time excitement, but Lord, oh God, that the inspiration that we have received, we will run with, oh God, and be able to communicate the same with passion and zest, oh God, to our people. And as we do, holy God, you have taken hold of us. Take hold of them with that which you have taken hold of us. Take hold of their hearts. Take hold of their minds. Take hold of their spirit with this message that together, as the body of Christ, we will run with this mission. We know the time is now. We know you are on the move. Help us to move along with you, Father God. In the name of Jesus and God, thank you that when we come back next year, the testimonies will abound. In fact, the whole session
nation will be taken up with testimonies of how you visited us and the great things that you are doing, oh God, with churches across the nations. In Jesus' holy name, I have prayed. Amen. 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 Yes, I'm quite there. Yeah, we thank God for that uh, prayer because I always love to listen to people pray because by me listening to them, each person that pray, pastors, you know, members of the church, you know, and stuff, I hear God directly. I have direction from people leading prayers. And these are prayers that are Bible-based, not demon prayers. I'm talking about prayer that are Holy Ghost-led. Prayers that attend to the cry of the heart of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And uh, I'm not saying that we shouldn't bind the devil. I bind the devil very well. But, you know, we know that in these days, demon prayer is more than angel prayer. Uh, and such prayers that people lead from the heart, from the Spirit of God, it ministers to me greatly. It gives me direction. It gives me understanding of what God is saying. Now, over this period, you will discover that the whole of our convention, our major, you know, what I can wrap it up to is this. God, Jesus gave us a mandate to reach the whole world. All right? We have, we have received the call and we have responded to the call. And it is a response to the call through which our churches was formed by the Holy Spirit. Because nobody can do anything unless that which he has received from above. And we are baptized in the Holy Ghost. We have discipled people. We have seen God heal. We have seen deliverance. And we have seen manifestation prophecies in our different churches. However, we are not satisfied. Do you know why? We are not satisfied because Jesus said in the last days that the gospel of the kingdom will preach in the whole world and and uh, as a testimony to all nations, Matthew 24, 14, and then the end will come. We also know that in Joel, he said that we pour out my spirit upon our faith in the last days, Joel 2, 28. And he spoke about manifestations, sons and daughters will prophesy, oh men shall dream dreams. And your men shall see vision. And we know also in the book of Acts chapter 2, he said, when the day of Pentecost has fully come, they were together in one place. And suddenly a tongue like a fire came down and separated and rested over all of them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in new tongues as the Spirit enables them. In First Corinthians chapter uh, 12 from verse uh, 4, uh, you know, it said that there are different types of gifts, the same Spirit, the different types of uh, working the same God and uh, different types of gifts, but the same Spirit that works in all. And we know from verse 7 to 12 about the night gift of the Spirit. However, you will agree with me that two things that has faced us. One, to see the whole of our church fulfill this. That's the greatest concern of a minister. That everyone in your church manifests a gift of the Spirit. All right? And that everyone in your church are full disciples. When they are alone, they can function expressly in the power of the Holy Spirit. Not only when we come together. Many Christians, when they come together, they are charged. But when they are alone, it's a different thing. And this is our concern. How can we, what can we do to help people like that to become a pillar or a mighty tree in a forest that can fulfill God's purpose? 
Our second concern is we are in a neighborhood. We did everything we could. Fed the hungry. We started trading school. Trained them. During crisis, we respond to show our benevolence. But all what we are doing, it seems as if that are we there at all. So then we now deduce from all these lectures, together with all our reading of the scriptures, that there is something that we need to do. What we need, what we are expecting now, and where we are entering now, is exactly what Jesus said. You receive power, then you be my witnesses. Jesus looked chapter 4, verse 1, led by, it was full of the Holy Spirit, and was led by the Spirit to desert. And then we also recognize the fact that, you know, Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Spirit, verse 14, and news spread. So, we have seen several scriptures that he raised the daughter of Jairus, the news spread. He raised Lazarus from the dead, the news spread. He healed the crippled, the news spread. He cast out devils. He taught the word of God. And people came because of the word he's teaching, which has power, not like Pharisees. And then also with the signs and wonders that is, is, is operating. You are going to pray right now. And I'm going to pray, Father, rain down your power upon us and validate my word with signs and wonders that will draw the attention of people. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Oh, sovereign Lord, we have done everything that we know to do. Lord, we know that manifestation of power, signs and wonders, the power of the world is what brought people in your time. So, Lord Jesus, anoint us with the power of your word. Anoint us with signs and wonders. Anoint us with the power of your word, the authority over demons. Let it manifest in our lips. Tell the Lord, begin to do miracles, signs and wonders in our churches. Lord, begin to do miracles, signs and wonders in our neighborhood. Father, you said the children that you have given me are signs and wonders for this age. Lord, when we preach the word, not just to the same people every Sunday. We want people to hear the word who are not there every Sunday. Tell the Lord, we want people to be raised by God. Raised in our churches people who will go and testify to what you are doing. And let our testimony and their testimony bring many souls to you. Lift up your voice and ask God. As you are praying, you are receiving it. As you are saying it, it is being done to you because the Lord said he will do whatever you ask. We have seen COVID. You have seen uprising. Now let there be revival in the land. Let there be revival in the land. Visit me, O God, in all your splendor, in all your glory, in all your power. Visit me, O God. Change the tide of things. Too much work without action does not mean it weary people. Lord, stretch out your hand and perform miraculous signs and wonders in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying with thanksgiving. Therefore, I said to you earlier, and I conclude also now, two major things that have been coming to us very strongly. One, reaching the sphere of, our, of influence. And this is what we looked at the last time. And the previous thing that I looked with you is sustainable leadership. In this lecture, I will look at the concept of God on sustainable leadership. However, in looking at reaching our influence, remember this. Write this down. Add it to your lecture, the first one I taught you on reaching your sphere of influence. Matthew 28, 18 to 19. Then Jesus came to them and said, 
All authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, I read this scripture because I want, us, I want to remind us this. That all the theories that we have been telling you, put all these things in place and all stuff in place, they are preambles which must be done. So that when God will visit us, we have the framework ready for it. We are not praying to, for God to bring His power without having planned for it. Jesus says if anyone would build a tower, he will first sit down and imagine it. And then he will check his finance. I told you the last one, the last uh, uh, message. And check, evaluate himself to say whether he can build it. He had the strength to build it. Now, therefore, the, you, you need to know this. You cannot succeed in God without being led by the Holy Spirit. The first thing is this. You must be led by the Holy Spirit. Then you must have faith. In that Matthew 28, 18, faith that all authority has been given to Jesus, number one. Faith that Jesus has sent you, number two. And so you have no fear of any opposition that may arise against you. Faith that you are sent to all nations. You don't build Spanish church. You don't build Nigerian church. You don't build Jamaican church. You don't build English church. You don't build French church. You build the church of the living of all nations. Your focus must change completely. Jesus is for all nations. I will together now. I'm talking about faith now. I'm not talking about template. Faith. Therefore, we must Having believed, we must step out to preach the gospel to every nation. Don't go and preach the gospel to the people that are from your, your, your background only. Preach to everybody. Really target those who are not of your background more than those who are of your background. Let me say on the area of influence, when you have visitors coming to your church who are not of your, or your language, Make sure that day you abandon your old friend and interact with that visitor. Communicate with that visitor. Let that visitor feel at home. Let him feel like he's part of you. And avoid speaking your dialect native tongue in the midst of others who don't understand what you are saying. If you are gathered in church and then you and your, you, you have some people from your own dialect, instead of talking with them in your dialect, it's better to talk in English because English is what everybody speaks together. And if you are in France, you talk in French. So that you are not excluding or you are not making people feel excluded because if you make them feel excluded, you cannot influence them positively. If you speak in your dialect, interpret it to those who are onlookers so that they will not look like, um, you know, uh, strange people to you. Now, Conclusion of it is this. To extend your sphere of influence. As you have seen it. Jerusalem. Judea. Samaria. Ends of the earth. Current sphere of influence. And future sphere of influence. For you to be able to extend your influence. Beginning from your church. Remember I told you. People who have been influenced by you already. 
the people who are not yet fully influenced by you and those who are just there, influenced by nothing, then to your neighborhood, you need what is called strategic thinking. Strategic thinking. You know, strategic thinking may require you to re-examine your foundation, your structure, and your approach. Three things that your strategic reasoning may have to address. The foundation you laid in your church, may, some of you may have to adjust it. If you are borrowed, you found when we are teaching you, all, are, all of us three ministers, when we are teaching you, you have borrowed languages from people, and those languages we have revealed to you, they are not in line with God. Stop using those languages. If you have borrowed a method of service or a method of, of conducting service, from people that you know that they are, they are, they are, they are, their foundation is not solid. That is, they are not based on the word. You know, all these influencers and all stuff like that. If that is what you build in your church, you need to restructure the foundation. For Elijah to call fire to fall down from heaven, he destroyed that foundation that was current and went to the old age foundation and built it according to the instruction of heaven. Or else fire will not answer him. You cannot pray God into what man has set up. But if you pray God upon what God set up, it shall be. Foundation, structure, and approach. Which means, therefore, that I can say three things that strategic thinking involves. Number one, reasoning with the Holy Spirit. That is number one. Strategic thinking involves reasoning with the Holy Spirit regularly. Number two, understanding the will of God. You know, uh, Dr. Akram um, uh, said something yesterday. He said a minister who did not hear from God a week, he said he should go and be checking himself. Really, a Christian who does not hear God, I would say daily, he should go and rethink. And number three in strategic reasoning, is planning in line with God's ultimate goal. You know, all these things are things that are taught to conglomerates for them to succeed in, you know, uh, getting their influence out to the world. Your boss is the Holy Spirit. John 16 from 12 to 14. Your boss is the Holy Spirit. You cannot succeed in any plan. You know, if the Holy Spirit didn't give you. Understand that today we'll be looking at Holy Spirit and the angels of God. These are embodiment of people that or beings that God has given to you. The Holy Spirit. Look at the book of Exodus. I think it's Exodus 24. No, 23, sorry. From verse 20. It says, Behold, I am sending an angel before you to keep you in the way and bring you to the place where I have prepared. And of course, the NIV says, I am sending an angel ahead of you to guard you along the way and bring you to the place I have prepared. You remember in the book of Joshua, when, the, when Joshua got to Jericho, uh, uh, yeah, the wall of Jericho, he saw an angel with a drawn sword. And he went to the angel and said, Are you for us or for, for against us? And the angel said, I am neither for both you or your enemy. I have come as the commander of the army of the Lord to carry out God's instruction.
Tonight we'll look a lot about angels. I will together. But this hour, what I'm showing you this for is this. That you will recognize, you must recognize that your commanding officer is the Holy Spirit. Any organization that does not receive instruction and direction from the boardroom will fail. And God is the chairman. Understanding God and the mind of God, the heart of God is very vital. And then, making sure that your planning is in line with God's ultimate uh, plan. That is strategic thinking. Now, the scripture to that, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, perfect will. Now, I will read it from the bottom up. Because the last line says there, you will be able to test in everything you do. You must carry out that test. And approve, all right, the will of God. And then he qualified that will. He said the will of God is always good. The will of God is always pleasing. And the will of God is always perfect. So anytime we are within the will of God, you can be guaranteed that you will succeed. Because in the will of God is all the provision for the will to be fulfilled. Anytime we burn our energy outside the will of God and we use human intellect alone, we fail. That's the reason why you have food bank, you feed them, they don't accept Jesus, they eat your food. You give them food every once in a week, they eat your food and they go. Alright? Whereas, if we can understand the pattern in the will of God, that very thing you are doing can be used by God to harass the whole city. It is the Holy Spirit who can tell you how to do it in a way that they will not just come and eat like parasites, but they will be converted and they will become your full soldiers. So, strategic thinking in application to church is reasoning with the Holy Spirit. But you see that Romans chapter 12 verse 2 so tells us the things that can hinder us do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. That is, don't use the intelligence of the world alone. Bring the intelligence of the world in subjective to the Holy Spirit. Subject your human knowledge to the Word of God and to the Holy Spirit. And I think that, you know, both Dr. Lockhart and, uh, uh, and Dr. Abraham were talking about that together. And what will that do? A Christian who is worldly, what happens to you? Your mind, the, the, the more volume of your mind, which is your faculty of think, thinking, is occupied by worldliness so that you don't have enough volume in your mind to receive the thinking of the Holy Spirit. The more worldly a Christian is, the farther away from the thoughts of the Holy Spirit. Your, your mind will produce more of the world than it can produce of the Holy Spirit. So that according to the book of 1 Corinthians 2.16, which is the mind of Christ, the mind of Christ in you cannot function well because of the worldliness that Satan has used to fill your mind. Look, everyone should get it. I think yesterday it was dealt with by uh, Dr. Abraham in the evening. Every worldliness in you, kill them. The time we need to spend on earth is so short. 
Very, very short indeed. We don't have room for that. Because the more worldly you are, you may pray, 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 but you cannot understand. You cannot hear. You cannot see. Worldliness choke the mind. But if you, if you divorce yourself from worldliness, you will be transformed. That is from the carnal mind into operating the mind of Christ. You remember 1 Corinthians 2, 16, I said, who will instruct the Lord? Who knows the mind of the Lord? I may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. That mind of Christ is given to everyone born again, but to operate it, you must, you must walk away from the worldly pleasures and worldly desires. And it is when you do that, your mind can be transformed and be renewed. In other words, you can understand God's perfect will. You can test. Something may look good, but it may not look, it may not be God. Not everything that looks good is God. Satan does some good, you know. But behind it is your destruction, if you are deceived by his good. Now, very briefly, I'm going to look at sustainable leadership again. Futuristic leaders, I call these. If you look at three major futuristic leaders, or three streams of them I want to study, I won't be able to cover all with you. One, Moses and Joshua. That was the first victorious leader. Their leadership. Second, Elijah and Elisha. And the third, Jesus and the apostles. If you look at the transition between these people and the subordinates, that will help you who are founders of churches, senior pastors of churches, general pastors of churches, to understand how you can, you know, raise successors after you. That if when you have to go, if the Lord will call you by enemies, your work will continue. Really, your death will look like a tree that has been planted and now begin to blossom. Your work will spread. You will have your replica. You will have the people who come after you will operate in double dimension of what you operate. Following your footsteps. And these three people are so significant. The Lord Jesus spoke to me personally about them. That I should look at them. And another one that Jesus told me to study is Paul and Timothy. Which will be good for you. Now, why should you study this? Let me read your purpose. The purpose of your calling. John fifteen sixteen. It says, you did not choose me. But I choose you. I chose you. And appointed you to go and bear fruit. You know, we are always reading this uh, scripture of um, Jeremiah, isn't it? Very, very common scripture. Jeremiah eh, chapter 1, verse 5. Before I formed you in your womb, in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nation. Same way, Jesus said to you that you did not choose me. That is, before I, you knew me, I knew you. I chose you, you didn't choose me. But the the, and also, not did I choose you, I appointed you. As Jeremiah was appointed, everyone born again is appointed. What is our appointment? Go, bear fruit. What kind of fruit do we bear? Lasting fruit. Fruit that will last. That's not such a thing that Satan took. Satan can't touch it because God bore it in you. <laughs> Demons can't touch this one. <laughs> our fruit should last. We should not bear fruit and the fruit die before us. We should not bear fruit and the fruit cannot grow before us. Then it says in verse in the next line, then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. 
So this is a promise. This is hope. But how do we reach it? It is by following the principle of sustainable leadership. That we studied life of Moses and Joshua, the life of Elijah and Elisha. Why did God use Joshua? You know, Moses parted the Red Sea. He went to the mountain and all the miracles that happened. But Joshua commanded the revolution of the earth and the rotation to stop, and he did, for 24 hours. That anybody who studies surveying geodesy and stuff like that, satellite geodesy, will recognize and agree with me, or astronomy, that we have a lacuna in the revolution and the rotation of the earth, which mathematics have struggled with identifying how it came. There is a missing gap of 24 hours. It was Joshua, he said to the sun, stand still at the valley of Ijalon, chapter, chapter 11 of, of Joshua. So therefore, the areas that we need to focus on now for action, foundation, structure, and our approach. Now, let's look at Matthew, Matthew 7, 24 to 27. We want to look at foundation. What did Jesus say about foundation? It says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and put them into practice, it's like a man who builds his house on the rock. This is Matthew seven twenty four to 27. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock, not a rock. And that rock is Jesus. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice. In other words, if you practice what men practice, say what people say. It's like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against the house, that house. And it fell with the great crash. Understand, I want to have in your mind, Jesus said, I point you to bear fruit and fruit will last. So he does not expect us to start churches and it collapse or, you know, and, uh, bear a fruit and that fruit will die. However, Jesus said, your foundation must be Christ. Let me show you a few things in the scripture just read. Everyone, he says, who, bear, who hear the word of mine and puts them into practice. Hearing the word and then practicing it. Hearing the word and then practicing it. Hearing the word and practicing it. He says it's like a man who built his house on the rock. Let me say, that house could be anything you do. Anything you do, if it is based on Christ, you are like that one who built your house on the rock, not on human ideas. Now, second verse, which is 25 verse. Jesus said, rain will come down. There will be testing of your faith. There will be testing of your work. Your work will be tested. The streams will rise. And the wind will blow against your house. Flood will hit it. Stream will blow. Earthquakes will come. Like COVID disease. Plague. Government edict. No more meeting in church buildings. Stay in your house. All these things will happen to you. Jesus said it. It will come and beat against the house. People will speak against you. Some neighbor will not want you to stay there. Like when Jesus healed the madman of gathering, they have to drive him away from the place. You will have all these things, but he came back to gathering. See if he fulfilled his job. 
And it says when all these things come against you, that is when you know whether, that is when you know the foundation upon which you are building. Now let me say this to you. We have had these tests of COVID government laws and people sending threats of, uh, you know, uh, antichrist and all stuff. If your church had been so shaken during this little storm, a bigger one is coming. When you leave here, look at your foundation. You get me now? Write this down. Information is power. But what you do with the information determines your influence or your success. Information does not change people. It is what a person does with information. That's the reason why you will preach to a number of people. Some will come and they will go as they came. Some will come the following week into practice what you said. They are having testimonies. And so what God is saying today is that check your foundation very, very well. And that is all aspect of your foundation. Look at the book of First Corinthians chapter, chapter 3. It says in verse 10, By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder, and someone else is building on it. Alright, we are the someone else. But each one should be careful how he builds. For no one can lay another foundation than the one already laid, which is Christ Jesus. This, everybody must understand this. We who are general overseers or senior pastors of the church, we understand that Jesus, Paul said he had laid the foundation, and that foundation is Jesus, we must build on it. And we also might apply this to those who are followers, who follow us, that our people must not preach a different message from what you, the leader, is preaching. Our people must not discover a new message which is flying about, except that which you are saying because you are building your own on what Christ said. And if anybody deviates from them, you have to rebuke instantly and correct it immediately. I will together now. Nobody can build any other, introduce any other doctrine to what God has given to you. You cannot allow that because that house will fall. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one that is laid with Jesus Christ. If any man builds on the foundation using gold, straw, costly stone, wood, hay, and straw. I'm reading verse 12. 1 Corinthians 3, 12. What this tells you is that you and I must watch what we are, you are building upon the foundation that Jesus laid. Watch it. Be careful. Don't follow people. Don't follow people. I said again, don't follow people. Don't malign the word of God. Don't preach 24 hours miracle or instant microwave miracle. If the Lord likes, He will heal you on the spot. If He likes, He will heal you tomorrow. If you give to God today, does not mean you will experience miracle. If God likes, He may, he may do it. Don't attach your offering Offering of people to expecting a particular manifestation is a wrong doctrine. God has blessed us so much, and when we give to God, we must just give Him because He's God. When we raise the hope of people that this very giving will do this particular thing in your life, then we have taken their hope away from God, from Christ, sovereignty of Christ to material substance. We have made them a predator instead of um, a. a, a, a a, 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 a participant, or partner, sorry, instead of a partner, partner, yeah, that is what the doctor said. You know, instead of disciple, 
Because people should not have this mind that every time I give to God, I must receive from me. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a thought from the devil. When Jesus was in the temple and he was observing those who are giving offerings, the widow gave God all she has. The book of Second Corinthians chapter 9 says, whatever you give from, verse, from chapter 8 really, when he was talking to Ephesians people, he said, whatever you give, make sure it's what you have determined to give. It should be a voluntary and a hearty gift from your heart unto God. But when we begin to wrap that giving to a particular thing, and people have that set mindset, what happens is that any time they want to give, if they do not have an expectation, they wouldn't have to give. Of course, if you have, you have told them that they are giving is what just this, you know. Uh, this is what you are giving. This giving will, will attach to this. No, believers should give God all the time. And they should give God as a substance of thanksgiving. To receive from God, it is faith you need. But to be blessed by God, when you give, He opens the door. Your give make way for you. Your give will open doors for you. And that is the scripture. Understand, be careful of what you build and the material you are using in building. It says his work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. If it was revealed, it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, that is at the end of day. He will receive his reward. May we all receive reward. May what we build on us survive after our death. In the name of Jesus. And that is sustainable leadership. I said three things you must consider. Foundation, structure, approach. Let's look at structure and approach. Luke chapter 14 verse 28 to 29. Jesus says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete? Jesus is not talking about faith now when it comes to material things. He's talking about sense, common sense. He's talking about evaluation. He's talking about framework to ensure that all what I've been telling you, you do it. The first message I got from this is that Christians must not be narrow-minded. Jesus didn't say if you want to build a hut. He said if you want to build a tower. And in those days, they don't have towers like we have now. Are we together now? So your vision should be broad. Not just something that you can achieve and afford. If it is vision, it is bigger than you. Will he not sit down and estimate the cost? We need to sit down. We need to check what we are building. We need to estimate the cost. I gave you some principles on, uh, um, you know, reaching your, your, your sphere of influence. Check all those notes. Sit down plan and to see if you have enough money to complete it. Don't embark on projects that you don't have money and say you are believing God for it. No. Believe God for the money, get the money, and then embark. To jump into a project and say you are dragging God along it is not right. It is not right. You understand? So we must recognize this, that we must sit down and, and, and uh, reason. And that is what I call strategic reasoning. That is reasoning with the Holy Spirit. For if he lays foundation and is not able to finish, everyone who sees it will ridicule him. God does not want us to bring ridicule to him. God wants us to do it. 
God wants us to reason with him before we embark. If it's going to take you seven days praying, say God until you hear. If it takes you one month, say God for one month. That is the attitude believers should have. Rather than rushing into things and then investing money on what God will not bless. And then we have problems. We are ridiculed. Verse 31 of the same scripture says, Or suppose a king is about to go into war against another king. Will he not force it down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him? What he's saying is that you must evaluate any venture you are putting your head into. Don't go into church planting when your base, your base church is still financially starved. You need to establish your base church before you go into church planting because church planting will take everything out of you. We must understand this. Proper evaluation is necessary by the Lord Jesus. So, three things from there. Have a vision. To build a tower, sit down and count the cost. And three, you must finish everything you start. Let me go through that again. Three major things from this very scripture. Structure, approach. You must have a vision, well written, well analyzed. And your vision must be big. As I say, have a vision to build a tower. To reach the whole ends of the earth. But you must sit down and count the cost. So that you can divide your current sphere of influence and your future sphere of influence, saturate your core sphere of influence, your Jerusalem first before you move to your Judea. Because in your Jerusalem, your news can go to the ends of the earth if you go Jesus' way. Jesus is the power of the Holy Spirit and the news world spread. And number three, you must finish everything you start. There are a good number of us that we have several visions that are just have done, have done, have done, have done. When you leave this place, sit down. Put all what you have put your hands in one after the other. Get the priority among them and commit yourself to bringing that priority to completion. Put all your energy into it, all right, and then go to the next one. Don't, because Jesus said your foot must abound. Anything that he has set you to start is not to shut down. But you must now recognize that you have to prioritize so that you can put your old strength into the major one that can springboard others. There are things that you can do and it will bring income for you to do other things that you want to do easily. Put all your energy into the, the, the priority that matter for you. Now before we pray, I wanted to read just to you two, that will take me about um, five minutes to just go through this with you. We will teach it deeper. One of the things that I, I was thinking is that now that we have this uh, uh, Zoom, I think I have had that discussion and I agreed with the uh, uh, prophetic voice committee. I will not need to wait for prophetic voice meetings to be teaching on areas that can help ministers. Whenever the Lord gives me the privilege and, and the uh, time, I will send information to every one of you. Anybody who wants to know about that in your churches, in your leadership, you can tell them. And at that time, I will be on air and you can link in. That would be a better way for me to reach. Really, I saw that uh, the two ministers I invited, can you imagine, uh, through the social media advantage, uh, we had to, this, this week, we had from uh, Dr. Lockhart from North Carolina. He was in London and all over the whole world through the social media. And we had Dr. Aquan from, from Zaria. 
So why can't we use them all the time? I will begin to do that. So I will teach you more on this. It is about Moses and Joshua. You will look at the area of structure, you know, uh, you will look at the area of foundation, structure, and approach. You will see it in all of them. Exodus chapter, chapter 18, I read 24 to 26. He says, Moses, this, let me first say that this scripture is when Jethro went to Moses. It begins from 18, verse 12 to 26. When Jethro came to, uh, to Moses and saw Moses that he was the one doing everything, he would sit in the seat of prophet, he would sit in the seat of judge, and counsel and all stuff like that. He came to him and advised him. All right? And having advised him, he says, Moses, in verse 24, listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said, which is, he said to him, why don't you relieve yourself so that you can face the ritual and all these people can be delegated to do all the administration work and the work of elders, the work of judges and stuff like that. And Moses did it. He said he chose capable men from all Israel and made them leaders of the people. I'm talking about futuristic leadership. The people you appoint, you don't appoint them because they have been in church for a long time. You appoint the capable. I would, you, don't, you don't appoint people or give them uh, uh, ordination uh, uh, because of, of, the, of retaining them. Oh, somebody is a judge. He joined the church. Let's make him a pastor. That is part of God. A good judge may be a failed pastor. He has to be called. He has to be capable. And he says, officials of thousands, hundreds, fifties, tens, and that is structure. They serve as judges for the people all the times. The difficult cases they brought to Moses, but the simplest, simpler ones they devoted to him. We need to learn from this. You relieve yourself of load so that you can face more on the spiritual, that you can hear God more and spend time more, more with God. Look, the job description of ministers is not office running. The job description of ministers, as much as they oversee their office, all right, they appoint people to do all operations and they oversee, but their primary job is study the word, pray, and seek the face of God on behalf of people and teach them, minister. That's what they, they are. However, the subsidiary operation is that if anything happens within the organization, they are the key person. Law will, will challenge them. They are the one who will be responsible. So they have to be an oversight. So that must be foundation, good, structure, and then approach. Then chapter 27 of Numbers, verse 18. It says, So the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, son of Nun, that is the successor, a mouthful of the Spirit, and lay hands on on him. If you look at the book of Acts chapter 6, the same thing was said. Choose seven among you who are full of wisdom and the Holy Spirit. Succession must be people who simulate you. The first one is structure, foundation, structure, and approach. The second one is successors. They are different. Those who will be your successors must carry your spirit. They must be bounded with you completely, and they must be people who can replicate you. They follow you in step. And I, I think uh, Dr. Pam said something that if you go and, and, uh, and appoint a participant into leadership, it will give you a headache. Because if you take any role that you do from them to another person, that's the problem. They begin to fight you. Because they believe that their role exposes them and that, that's what they enjoy. Rather than being a servant of the most high in their heart. You must be very careful. Successors does not have to be people because somebody has to stay long with you. No, 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 no. no. It must be by spirit of God filled with his spirit and he says to, to them also and lay your hands on him 
you must ordain people publicly. He said, lay your hands on him, not in the secret. Verse 19 says, have him stand before Eleazar the priest and the entire assembly or com- uh, and commission him in their presence. This is God's way to sustainable leadership. You don't appoint leader in the, in the secret place. You appoint him in the public that people can know that you have, you have appointed this person and you have laid hands on him, relinquishing authority. Verse 20 says, give him some of your authority so the whole Israel community can obey him. When you appoint people into office publicly before people, their name will change. If you take your, if, if somebody take your son and the, if the minister, your overseer takes your son and call him pastor, from that day he's pastor, whatever name you have given him. It has to be done public. The reason why we ordain people is that. We recognize the calling of God upon them. We watch them that they are full of the Spirit of God, committed to the service of the Spirit, and ready for it. We call them out before people, lay hands on them, and empower them and commission them. Any format different from this, it will fail. It will fail. Then verse 22 says, Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He took Joshua and had him stand before Eleazar the priest and the whole assembly. He lay, then he laid his hands on him and commissioned him as the Lord has instructed through Moses before the people laying up of hands, anointing him. Lay hands and anoint him. I'm going to pray for you right now. Those who will come in the evening, I will still pray for them who, who, who miss this very meeting. You need to be anointed. So you, let me say this to you. Whoever will anoint you will be somebody God has appointed over you. Understand. Of course, you can anoint yourself, but you cannot get people under you to anoint you. It's a wrong order. I can't get my son to anoint me. It is a wrong order. I am his father. Very wrong order. And it has to be done according to the prescription of God. I love this. It says, Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He took Joshua and, and had him stand before Eleazar the priest and the whole assembly. Verse 23, then he laid his hands on him and commissioned him as the Lord has instructed through Moses. Understand, write these four things down. Successors, okay, or leadership appointment must be led by God. God led. It must be God led. Who takes over from you? God led. Those who will sit with you in the council of eldership, God led. Those who will be your administrators, it must be led by God. Or else, if it's not, they can destroy you. And they, may, they will not be complete. But when you are led by God, the people you, you call, they will be complete. They will be complementary to all what you want to do in life. Number two, they must be full of the Holy Spirit. Don't take somebody who has position in politics, who has position in education, who has position in company to come and uh, uh, sit in that office. Because it's void of the Spirit. It's, it does not have a calling. They will crush you. It says, you must give them some of your authority. That is number four. Successors, number one. Number one, successors or leadership appointed must be God-led. Number two, they must be full of the Spirit. Number three, they must give, you must give them some of your authority so the whole community will obey them. That you relieve duty to them and define their duty, define their role and assign them and let them run. And I've said to you before in uh, talking about sustainable leadership that you need to create a enabling environment for them so that they will function. And you come behind them. I, I, you know, when I was teaching you on transformation leadership, I told you this. You will come behind them. Any area they need support, you give it to them. You let them go and do it. 
so that they will see that they are the one doing it. And people will see that they are the one doing it. Don't be afraid at all. Insecurity is not for transformational leader. I will together now. Be ready. I told you when I was teaching you about transformational leader. A transformational leader is a leader who will help all members in his team to achieve their own vision while carrying out the common vision. What about if they leave? They will always remember that when they were with you, you trained them to the maximum. It's not a problem. It's your, it's your extension that has gone somewhere else. Don't be afraid at all of people leaving you. And number four, you must appoint and commission them before the people by laying on of hands and anointing them. The result of laying on of hands, let me show you. Deuteronomy 39, 34 verse 9. Deuteronomy 34 verse 9. The result of laying on of hands. It says, now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the, Holy, with, with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid hands on him. Joshua filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses laid hands. When your pastor, your senior one, lay hands on you, something will jump on you from God. God cannot do it until that hand is laid on you. God will do it because that person lay hands on you and relieve to you, assign you to a function, and that function for you to be able to function in it, then God will put grace on you. But it has to be done by the one who is the leader who has released you into that function and lay hands on you, transference of spirit. He said, because Moses lay hands on him. So, if Moses did not lay hands on him, he cannot be filled with the spirit of wisdom. So, the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. And he did what the Lord had commanded Moses. So, the response, now look at the responsibility of the ordinance. The responsibility of the ordinance. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 6. For this reason I remind you to fan to flame the gift of God which is in you. Through the laying on of my hands. So you who have been appointed, who have been ordained, you must find to flame the gift you receive. When, you, when they lay hands on you, a gift comes out of the person into you. Out of the spirit God put in Moses, he put it, it took out of it and put on elders. And when you are ordained, an unction or some manifestation will trigger inside you. And it is your own duty as to find it to flame. Do we get it now? Second responsibility of ordinance. You must not neglect the gift, but use them. The first is fun to flame your gift. The second one is you must not neglect your gift. You must not be shy to use your gift. Use them. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 14. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through the prophetic message when the body of elders lay hands on you. Prophecy manifests gift. Lean on hands manifests gift. But you must not neglect it. Use your gift every opportunity you have. My time is up now. We have to stop here for today. By the grace of God, God giving me more opportunity, I will go through the rest of this lecture with you sometime. Shall we just bow our heads? And I want you to pray now. And pray and tell the Lord, Father, every grace you have put in me, anoint me with power to manifest them. Shall we begin to pray in the name of Jesus? Oh Lord, our God, we pray thee. Every grace you have put in us, oh God, anoint us with power today to manifest them. Help me manifest your grace, oh God. Tell the Lord, help me manifest your grace, oh God. Help me manifest your grace, oh God. Lord, help me manifest. 
anyone that is discouraged, let us pray that God will take discouragement away from people, that our people shall not be discouraged, but they will be encouraged, because there is the gift inside you. That's why God called you. There is anointing upon you. That's why He sent you. Even if you have been frustrated today, we command that your spirit will rise up within you. In the name of Jesus, every yoke be broken, every chain be destroyed, every, every retardation be taken away in the name of Jesus. Lord, anoint with power, power. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. Tell the Lord, anoint me with your Holy Ghost and your power. Holy Ghost and power. Holy Ghost and power. Holy Ghost and fire. Holy Ghost and fire. Let it come upon me. Let it come upon me. Let it come upon me. Tell the Lord, anoint my heart with fire. Anoint my mind with your fire. Anoint my soul with your fire. Oh God, the Holy Spirit, anoint my body with your fire. Wake me up, Lord. Grant me strength. Tell the Lord, power, power. Let your power flow through me. Let your unction flow through me, Holy Spirit of God. Let your unction flow through me, Holy Spirit of God. Let your power flow through me, Holy Spirit of God. Tell the Lord, let your unction flow through me, Jesus. Father, we bless your name. You are the God of covenants. Lord, we pray thee. Lord, we pray thee. Tell the Lord as I leave this conference, oh God, I enter into the power of God. I operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. My eyes are open. My ears are open. My eye begin to see beyond Kiramo Tarabo. That is prophetic declaration. My hand shall fight war and battle and I shall be victorious immediately after I operate in the mind of Christ I operate with the mind of the Holy Spirit begin to declare every decision that you have made in this meeting they shall be implemented the Bible says your troops shall be willing in the days of your battle arrayed in holy majesty from the womb of the dawn Lord, we bless your name. We glorify thee, O God. Thank God for the revelations that you have received from Monday. Thank God for the impartation. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are prayed. Take your oil in your hand now. Rikikaya ma proketosu palimonde. Zisoromoria rakarataro di Bahaya. Zambra le Coria, de Grote Semedu Prele Magrondesa. Shakato Cabra le Moconte Lika Skirikaya. Ma broke pralemombra le tosi cabrocoto. Ne crete que le doboski male bronde le dosi. Ne caracata gada, me paregle que te guga. Yagale gombra que bossi carabombra le dosi. Verelede. The spirit of wisdom came upon Joshua because Moses laid hands on him. Shamo parabonde si la curia ma paradi dorolonde rikekuma lebro kumbasi because the elders laid hands on on Timothy. Yendro busalama the gift of God came upon him. Yerotos kama borobo iramati lamanda era by prophetic message of the elders. Yarotosi kama baramosto liria mebre kumbale momo shikabra de moha and laying on hands of the elders. 
The gift of God was a down upon Timothy. And God took out of the gift, the, the spirit they had put into Moses, and he put it upon the elders and the prophesied. When, when Samuel lay hands on Saul, the Lord changed his heart, and he joined the company of prophets and began to prophesy. Lord, I ask you that the unction of heaven come into this oil in the name of Jesus, that this anointing oil that your people are holding in their hands and different places across the globe receive Power of the Most High. Riko to mamba roti malupo de kilatole yeleku maleye malahira kata. It shall be oil upon their head. It shall be fire in their body. It shall be oil upon their head. It shall be fire in their soul. It shall be oil upon their head. It shall be fire in their in their spirit. It shall be oil upon their head. It shall be fire and burn up everything in their mind that the enemy has coded. It shall bring forth faith and boldness. Kaiyara masita ho ma para. He shall bring warrior spirit into them. As they anoint themselves with this oil, O God, your hand shall come upon them in power. As your hand came upon Saul in power. The impossible of life shall be made possible. The glory of heaven will descend upon them. The power of the most high will saturate them. The Lord Almighty has planned, surely as I planned, He has declared and I promised. Surely as I planned, it shall be, as I promised, it shall stand. The heart of a king shall manifest through them. By the anointing of this oil, the mind of an oracle will descend upon them. They will rise up in the day. They will rise up in the night. They will make declaration in connection with heaven, declaring the word of God, declaring the will of God upon the earth, upon authority, upon nation. Their word will not fall to the ground. As they anoint themselves, fire will come upon their head. Fire will come upon their lips. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we bless and glorify your holy name. Because it is done. It is done. Even as we ask in Jesus' anointed name. Amen and amen. Anoint yourself with your oil right now. You know, if you have the Father in the house, go around and anoint your members of your family. In the name of Jesus, anoint you. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, anoint you. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, may the grace of heaven rest upon you. And it's written, it shall be unto you. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Blessed be your name. Put your hands together for the King of Heaven. Blessed be your name, King of Heaven. Father, we exalt you in Jesus' anointed name. I'm sure that you have been blessed mightily. It is my joy that God will use you beyond the limit he has used me. It is my kindest will that God will anoint you greater than the anointing he has placed upon me. All my encounters in Jesus Christ that you have double of it. My encounters with heaven that God took me to heaven. 
again and again, angelic encounter, manifestation of healing to the dead raised in my ministry, lame walking and blind eyes seen. I ask the King of Heaven today that double unction will rest upon you. Together we will bring the devil to his knees in the nations of the world, and together we will be oracle of God in our domain, and the world will know that Jesus is the Lord, even through your ministry, so shall it be unto you. I would like to bring um, Reverend Collier just for a closing remark, and then before we close. Reverend Collier, please. Bless the Lord. I would just want to <laughs> thank you all for this privileged moment. We have been truly, truly blessed. We give God all the praise and the thanks. Amen. God bless you. Have a lovely few hours before we join again at 7. I love you. We have finished. I will leave the template open just for a few minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, so that you can say hi to, uh, you know, friends. I want to say that uh, we thank every one of you who have connected from Africa, from Asia, India, uh, from America, from all over Europe, uh, from uh, Middle East. We had contact from the Middle East. Also, and I want to say to everyone of you, both Latin America and the main America, North and South America, Canada, Australia, that many people globally are connected to this very line. And some are watching us on the YouTube also. May the Lord continue to strengthen and bless you. Amen. You will see the performance of every word spoken over your life Amen. the moment we leave this meeting. And, to, and tonight... If you can join us at 7, that will be very great. It will be the grand finale. We'll be looking into who shall ascend the hill of the Lord. Template for you to ascend the hill of the Lord, to dwell in his holy place, to also live in his holy place. And we'll look at the ministry of angel benefits of the holy place. And you'll see the prophetic and angelic ministry uh, ability to hear, to see. It will be our focus today and there will be impartation. May the Lord strengthen and bless you. Yes, the Lord strengthen and bless you all. I will open up so that you can say hi to somebody. You can unmute yourself if you want to. Hi, Apostle. Bless you, sir. God bless you. Bless you, bless you, Oh,
I wait for your Thanksgiving letter, Brato. Hello, everybody. Mommy, Mommy, Omar. Mommy, 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 Get ready for Pastor Talks Thanksgiving later. How are you, man? Thank you very, very much. Thank you, Mama. You're greatly blessed. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's so blessed, sir. 
Bless you, thank you. Um, Bless you, Pastor Roger. Okay. Bless you. Bless you. Hi, Dickness. Hi, Thank you so much, Pastor Kata. 
We are very much blessed with the teaching in these days. God bless you, Bye. Bye.